Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Anna Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to answer your questions about communication in marriage. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe the Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Marriage After God. It's actually the last episode of season three. Yep. So if you've been following along, um, yeah, we're, we're going to be taking a break. We're about to have a baby. Uh, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, you know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to have a little break and then we're going to come back in another season, in season four. Mm-hmm. We don't have a, a date for that yet, which is fine. We'll let you guys know on social media. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll do some new episodes. And so uh, just as a, a side note, if you have topic ideas... For the new season, go ahead and shoot those um, in a message to us on uh, Instagram at, at Marriage After God. Uh, but today we're going to be answering some questions from the audience. But before we get to the questions, we like to just kind of um, talk about some things in our life. But uh, really, what we this first thing I want to talk about is I want to encourage everyone listening today because I know that there's a lot of fears, there's a lot of anxiety going around with uh, the coronavirus, with uh, things that are happening in the world. And uh, I think some of them are legitimate things to be thinking about and considering. Um, We want to be wise people. That's what the Bible talks about. We don't want to just pretend that none of this stuff's going to affect us. Uh, But my encouragement is to remind everyone listening that our trust is not in this world. Our trust is not in the vaccine that they might come out with. Our trust is not in uh, the government. Our trust is not in the healthcare system. Our trust is not in even our bodies. Or money. Or money. Or like the the Bible is very clear where our trust lies. And that when we trust in anything other than God, other than his son Jesus, that trust is faulty. That hope is false. And is it, and we're actually insecure mm-hmm. in, the, in those hopes. And I, so I just wanted to point our hearts and our minds back to the giver of life, to the one that we look forward to, the one where our hope should lie, which is in Jesus Christ. Guys, one day we're going to be with him forever and we're going to have new bodies. We're going to have, uh, we're going to be healthy. He's going to, he's going to make the world right. All these things that uh, are in the world, the destruction, the death, the, um, the injustices, the, the sickness, the pestilence, all those things are going to be made right. 
And so I just, you know, the, once this thing passes um, and, it, and whatever the damage is going to be, we don't know, there, but there's always going to be something else. That's why our eyes need to be on Christ. And so I just hope that um, if you're having anxieties about this, the Bible tells us how to deal with our anxieties. It's to lift up our request to the Lord with thanksgiving and pray to him. And he says he'll give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And what I love about that is that our peace in God is completely uh, standalone from everything in our life. That it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what's going on in our life. It doesn't matter about our circumstances. You could be like Paul in prison and be praising God. Mm -hmm. You can be like Peter in prison writing letters to the church. You could be in the midst of whatever it is that this world and that the enemy or whatever it is wants to throw at you. And you can have complete and perfect peace Mm -hmm. in Jesus. And so I just wanted to quickly encourage everyone with that. No, it's really good. I think that there is um, just a lot of attention specifically on the coronavirus. Um, what I would say is it, it is important to pay attention to what's going on in the world, current events and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, wisdom is good. When we get those thoughts of fear or anxiety or frustration, even we need to remember that even in those times, we need to submit those feelings to the Lord and ask him to guide us, to mm-hmm. lead us, to give us wisdom on how to um, approach the situation and deal with it. And, and then remember that our bodies are going to fail us. Our bodies are going to get sick. There's going to be, if it's not this thing, it's another thing. And so we just need to be able to trust the Lord that mm-hmm. he knows what's going to happen yeah. to us. He, he knows everything. He's, he knows all. He's om- he knows omniscient. All. Yeah. Yeah. So we could trust that. We can totally trust him. And again, this isn't to say to not be wise. Like we be wise and we, we t- if we can make me- take measures, we do. But we have to remember that we could take every perfect measure. We could take every precaution. We can totally stock on what, on whatever we can. What You can just imagine it. Whatever you think you could do to prepare and your trust in that is st- would still be faulty mm-hmm. because none of that is, is actually secure. So our trust is only good when it's in Christ. So, you know, be prepared to the level that you can and, uh, and, let, your, and let the Lord have your fears and rest in him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our encouragement. Another thing that we wanted to share with you guys is just how incredibly blessed we feel for our relationship with Hobby Lobby. And um, I don't know if you guys all know, but they carry our books. Um, our- Which was a total God thing. Because yeah. there was no way that we were connected with them. We like, didn't reach I wasn't out reaching to them. out. No. They actually reached out to us and, and asked if they could carry our books. And um, I think it's so awesome. It's one of the cheapest places you can get our books. The cheapest place. Um, yeah. And who, who doesn't love Hobby Lobby? I mean, just to be able to go there and peruse and look People at everything. People have never been to one. Well, if you haven't been to one, you should go check one out. I'm <laughs> sure there's one near you. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to first give a shout out to Hobby Lobby and say thank you. Thank you for, um, you know, being someone who advocates for um, books like ours mm-hmm. and resources that point people back to God. Um, and I also just want to thank everyone who has been picking them up and buying them from Hobby Lobby because that keeps... Yeah our relationship with them good and which that makes awesome. that reminds me I love when people go into Hobby Lobby and they take a picture yeah. and they say and they hashtag Hobby Lobby finds yeah uh, so if you ever do that we love that we love to reshare those mm-hmm. um, so if you are in a Hobby Lobby and you pick up a copy of our books please take a picture of it and we'll we'll probably reshare it on just our just make sure you Instagram. tag us tag us at marriage after god so that we see it <laughs> exactly cuz if if you don't tag us we don't know yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's just a couple of things, just encouragement on, you know, the chaos in the world and how to have peace. And then just we're incredibly blessed and honored by Hobby Lobby and their partnership with us Um, that, to be honest, I don't think we deserve 
I don't think we've, you know, I, I just, it's a God thing that mm-hmm. he set this up and we just want to give him the glory for that. And if you're like me and you've been wanting to order uh, our books and you want it like today, you can go pick one up today. You don't have to like order yeah, it online and then stock. wait for it. <laughs> and they're in every Hobby Lobby, which is amazing. So it doesn't matter which one, unless they're out of stock. Yeah. But they carry them everywhere. Once I, once I know what I want, it's so hard to wait when I do online shopping and stuff. Ugh, I just want to go get it. But now Amazon one. has like one day shipping, which is crazy. I don't know how they do it. I don't either. <laughs> but it gets here. <laughs> Okay, so uh, one last thing. Um, we have a f- another prayer challenge. Uh, I don't know if you've taken the marriage prayer challenge yet. Over 50,000 people have, been, have taken the mar- marriage prayer challenge, which is incredible. Uh, so we have this new challenge called the Parenting Prayer Challenge, and it's a prayer challenge for you to pray for your son or your daughter, or both. Or all of them. Or all of Depending them. Depending on how many yeah, kids you have. Yeah, all your kids. <laughs> um, and it's completely free. You just go to parentingprayerchallenge.com. And fill out the form and choose who you want to pray for, and we'll start sending you emails every day. You guys might be wondering how it's set up because obviously they're not individualized prayers for you and your child, mm-hmm. but they're prompts. So um, it'll suggest pray for this specific thing, and then mm-hmm. as you're praying, you're making it personal because you know your your family yeah. best, and so well, and it's a scheduled daily reminder. Yep. So you get this email. It says, "Hey, you're going to pray for your your son right now, and here's what you should pray for." Um, and it's not to replace your prayer life. It's to encourage and inspire it and give you an, a new outlook on your prayer life and maybe expand upon it. Mm-hmm. One more time, it's parent, parentingprayerchallenge.com uh, to go sign up for the Parenting Prayer Challenge. All right. So um, this last episode of the season is a Q&A. We pulled the community, the Marriage After God community and Unveiled Wife and Husband Revolution, and we asked you guys to submit your questions specifically about communication in marriage. And so uh, first of all, we just want to thank everyone who um, sent us your questions. Um, it's been cool to be able to to pull the questions from the audience, you know, from Instagram, yeah. uh, from you guys. And uh and to answer them here, I just, it makes me feel more connected and I don't know. I love it. Yeah. They often ask things that I'm not even thinking about. And yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's a true. good question. <laughs> so it's, it's really fun um, that we ask you guys. It also m- makes us feel like we're connected with you on an, on another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you follow us on Instagram, that's usually where we pull our audience. Um, you can follow us at marriage after God or at unveiled wife or yeah. at husband revolution. And um, we're going to be doing Q and A's often. So if you see us, pop a question and ask you to give us your, your questions. Uh, just submit them there and we store them and we pick, we pick from them and we try and answer them on here. Yep. And just to let you guys know, um, because of timing, we don't always get through every question. And so if, if you're listening and you're like, I know I submitted a question for communication Mm -hmm. and marriage and we didn't answer it, please reach back out to us and just let us know. And maybe we can, uh, just answer it on Instagram for you or um, on the next time or on the next, uh, Q and a cool. So, uh, before we jump into the, the questions, uh, why don't we just talk about some of the scriptures that, you know, when we, when I think about communication, these scriptures aren't just, they're not necessarily communication between a spouse, but it's, it's with each other. Yeah. It's with people, People. (laughs) with, with one another's, you know, in the church. Very applicable to marriage. Yeah. So I'm just (laughs) going to read through a a handful of scriptures. I'll read the first one because it's shorter. You read the second one. All right. (laughs) Psalm 141, three says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Yeah. And I, I, I pulled some of these scriptures to just show kind of a, what our a biblical perspective over our mouth is mm-hmm. and the things that we say. In Matthew 12, 33, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he, and he's, he says this, either make a tree good and its fruit good or make a tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Like we know a peach tree is a peach tree because yeah. it has peaches. <laughs> you, or it's one of those um, fruit 
salad trees. Oh, which that totally would be ruins the analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Oops. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So what you're saying is words are powerful. <laughs> they matter, yeah. And matter. I mean, we we need to know that we can't, like this, this specifically, um, and we just talked about this actually the other day. We say something and then we say, I, I'm just venting or I'm just making, you know, I'm just kidding or I'm just, but in reality, like if it's coming from somewhere, mm-hmm. the, those words that we just conjured up out of our mouth, mm-hmm. like they, they came from somewhere. And so we need to be careful and aware, like, wait, so I said this thing and I wanted to make it sound like it wasn't that big of a deal, but what, why did I say that? Mm-hmm. Why did I say that about so-and-so? So or, if someone has self-control of their tongue and they think they, they're like about to say something, but they decide not to, which is good. I would say they still need to evaluate their heart and question why why was that mm-hmm. even on the tip of my tongue? Right. How, right. Why did it come out so quickly? Yeah. Right. And often I would imagine this is about like people in our life. Yeah. And then if we say something so quickly, even if it's to someone in confidence, mm-hmm. and then we think like, wait, am, am I actually angry at this person, mm-hmm. or am I actually annoyed by this person, or bothered, or judgmental, or whatever? And we have to think about that because sometimes that comes out of our mouth and it's not from a pure heart. And I'll say this, um, words cut deep. And when, especially in marriage, you see that person, you just see their face and you're reminded of what they've said either recently or years ago. And you can hear them saying it in Mm -hmm. your mind over and over again. And so I think we we just need to be reminded that we have a huge responsibility with our words. Yeah. The next verse is from James, but there's there's another verse in James that we didn't write down here um, that talks about having control over your tongue and Mm -hmm. how the tongue is a... It's like a, it's a small member of a body, but it's actually like a, a, a flame that can start a fire mm-hmm. um, in, your, in the members of your body. It's also talked about as a rudder, mm-hmm. something that like you have a large ship, but it's controlled by such a little thing. Yeah. Like the things we say actually matter to a point of it directing our lives. Uh, but it starts off with saying if someone has complete control over their tongue, they're a perfect man. So we, we all know that we don't have complete control over our tongue because we're not Jesus. Jesus was perfect. And everything he said was controlled. So when we're not perfect and we're not controlled, what's our response should be? Repentance. Yeah. At least recognizing it and saying, whoa, what I said was off. Apology, reconciliation. I know I can't put those words back. Yeah. Right. But it's like toothpaste comes mm-hmm. out. You can't put the toothpaste back in the, the right. tube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so James 1, 19 through 20 says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So this is more of like a practical tip of like, hey, to save yourself from saying something you don't mean. Be slow. Be slower to say it. You'll probably stop yourself. I just want to say it also says um, be quick to hear. And I think sometimes we want to justify the things that we say. What? (laughs) (laughs) We don't actually, we're not actually listening to how our words are affecting the other person. And so I think, um, I know you said this is practical. A really practical tip is just, questioning, evaluating, making sure that you're being a good listener in your marriage. Mm. Yeah, listener to yourself and a listener to the person talking to you. And to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, and to the Holy Spirit. Okay, next one, Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Again, showing the power of our words towards others. Such vivid uh, yeah. imagery there. Um, here's one, Proverbs eighteen two. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expresses his own opinion. Right. So mm-hmm. we have to be careful of that. This is something I've struggled with in the past, my foolishness of just 
only interested in sharing my opinion. Like, oh, well, let me tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. Or let me tell you what I think rather than listening, rather than being thoughtful, rather than actually considering the other person. I've dealt with that for sure. Another one is Proverbs eighteen thirteen. If one gives an answer before he hears, again, going back to like, be a good <laughs> this listener. This never happens to me. I don't do this. I do all the time. Like Batman. <laughs> um, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. So the next one and the last one, which is not by, is by far not the last verse because there's tons of scripture that talks about how we communicate and the way we communicate. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one: death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Right. So understanding that our tongues are powerful. Right. And, and if we love the power of our tongue, we're going to be, we're going to eat the fruits of it. Like meaning if we're talking, if we want to, to share our thoughts and we're totally fine with, you know, just speaking things, we need to be able to be aware that those words are ours and we have to own them. All right. So that was just kind of a, a little foundational prep for communication and marriage. Just, you know, looking at a biblical uh, way to communicate yeah. with your spouse. And get a perspective on our how we use our words. Because honestly, no matter what question we answer, that was probably the most important that you hear today. <laughs> yeah, the scripture. <laughs> Not our words. Not the, the Bible's words. Yeah. yeah. Always. So question one from the community says, how do you two come together and talk about your dreams as a couple and as a family? Oh, cool. I like that it's as a couple and as a family, um, which we do talk about dreaming together in Marriage After God. And I just love that chapter um, just because it's something that Aaron and I have found a lot of joy in. It's fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do is we look at our life and we say, okay, God, what do you want to do with us? <laughs> and we get to talk about it. Yeah. How, how would you say, how have we been doing it over the last few years? So um, we, our biggest probably dreaming session as a couple happens at the end of the year. And we take time to go over, you know, what did that last year look like? What's still on our plate? And what, what things do we want to um, try and accomplish in that next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes a good like three hours or more to get through just because fun. it's a lot, but it's so fun. And we do it over dinner. Um, and then we have checkups like throughout the year when things change, circumstances change or goals change, um, or we accomplish things sooner than later. Mm-hmm. So that we just kind of check in with each other um, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Or we're in the middle of a goal, like accomplishing a goal. And we evaluate like, are we is this what we really want? Yeah. Now that we're in the middle of this thing. I will say this. Um, our dreams don't come from nowhere. Well, for one thing, they're seeds planted by God that we feel mm-hmm. really strongly about that God, you know, gives us these desires that we have. But we also, what we call the tool belt, our marriage tool belt, we look at what we have and we what go God's from there. Yeah. 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 And it and it's not like we talk about this in the book a lot more, the practical side of it. Um, we're not just throwing out you know, and casting a, like a line out as far as possibly, you know, and trying to see what we can grab. It's, mm-hmm. uh, we we look at what God's doing in our life, what we're, what we've already accomplished in Christ, of course. It's kind of like that we take that next step. Yeah. And we say, okay, Lord, what, what do you like? If we're, if we have any sort of money, we say, okay, Lord, what, how do you want us to use this money? You know, our home, our cars, um, our, our business, you know, and then we even talk about things that we would love to yeah. explore and, and, and pursue. Mm-hmm. And we hold all of it loosely, pretty much usually, right? Like, yeah. Because there's nothing we can guarantee. Yeah. Another fun way to do this is, um, you know, on those smaller check-ins or, or smaller dreaming sessions, We, when we like to talk about it, we like to go on a drive. Let's say like a 40-minute drive. It's super fun. We're both buckled in. Can't can't leave the conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we just talk about it there. But uh, 
I, I love doing this. And I think that um, over the years, Erin, wouldn't you agree that it's something that's been cultivated in our marriage because of our intentionality? It's not really something that um, is just going to happen on its own, but it's also no, something that, yeah. I don't know, we put we put the time in to do it. Well, I, I'll say this, um, and this would be my one tip in this um, section, is yes, it needs to be scheduled. So like you, you and your spouse need to say, we are going to do this and we're going to do it on this date, mm-hmm. right? So it's on the calendar. Um, and then the other part is setting actual goals, yeah. like writing them down. Like we are going to try and, um, so for us, okay, you may not be us. Your goals are going to look different. Maybe they'll be the same, but we'll say we want to have a this book self-published or traditionally published next year or this year, or usually the traditionally published is a little bit more out of our control, but yeah. self-publishing, we want to have this book published by this date, and then that one goal gives us a, a whole list of tasks that need to be accomplished before for that goal to be right. like to happen. Yeah. And so setting that goal and giving it a realistic time frame and put it, and writing it down on paper and verbalizing it out loud. The success, the success rate is so much higher. Oh yeah. Cuz like let's let's use finances. If we had a goal for finances and we just talked about it, we want to save by one- thousand dollars by next week we would have forgotten what the plan was it's like oh yeah we talked about that i think Mm -hmm. um so when you go to write something down i feel like it's super helpful yeah and uh, the finances is actually a good one i would imagine almost everyone has some sort of financial goals maybe getting out of debt or saving for a vacation Mm -hmm. or to buy you know for pay for college or who knows what it is Mm -hmm. um and so setting the the goal like a realistic goal, the thing that you know you can attain and you and you can come up with those strategies of like, we're going to save $10 a month or $100 a month or we're not going to buy this thing every week. When you do that and you say it out loud, there's now accountability as well, right? So something comes up and, and you could spend the money on it and you both look at each other and be like, are we willing to cast out that goal we set mm-hmm. four months ago? Yeah. No then we have to say no to this, even though it's difficult. And so now you both are on the same page and man, and that actually feels like victorious. Yeah. You're like, wow, we just, you know, said no to something that we really wanted because there's this better thing down the road that we're saving for. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would say set those goals, put them on paper, say them out loud, put them on the the refrigerator, put them on a chalkboard, make them visible. And, and it's true. Your success rate exponentially grows. Yeah. Um, I, again, I really like the second part of this question cause they also want to know how do you do it as a family? So you have kids involved, you know? Um, and I'd say as our family, Aaron, mm-hmm. you are really good about leading our kids through these things and prompting their hearts and preparing their hearts and, well, um, you. just asking them really good questions. Um, our children are still pretty young, so we don't download every dream or goal to them. We don't, yeah. we don't feel the need to explain everything. Um, but as, uh, as, we talk about dreaming together and as we set goals, we do keep that the impact it will have on our family in mind. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll always, yeah. we share it with our kids and we'll we'll talk about it and we'll invite them to participate yeah. in the ways and, that they can. And I would say uh, because we've been like we have this pattern of setting goals and dreaming together, we teach our kids how to do it. So I'll tell my son and he's drawing and, and he might get to a point of like not wanting to complete the thing he's creating. Right. And then I'll tell him about like, Hey, you know, do you want to be a, a really good artist one day? And he'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, well, the way people become really good artists is a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. I said, so I know that it's difficult to finish this or you want to move on to the next thing. And I totally get that because you're excited, but there's a lot of value in you sitting and finishing this and coloring it and you'll see a completed work. So mm-hmm. 
that's a little way of teaching my son on how to set a goal. And what I, that's really good. What I would call that is casting vision because you're showing him what the right. future would look like, but what it requires. Mm-hmm. And I think the same exact thing is important for marriage that, um, that both the husband and wife are reminding each other constantly because, because this whole episode is about communication, our mm-hmm. words matter, right? We need to be encouraging each other. We need to be reminding each other. Hey, remember we set this goal. Hey, remember this was our strategy. Hey, um, you know, this is what's going to happen once we meet it and encourage, you, encourage each other and, um, stimulate each other's hearts mm-hmm. toward those goals in yeah, that totally way. I agree. That's good. Let's move on to the second question. How do you gracefully bring up subjects that have been touchy in the past? You don't, you just skip over them. You just <laughs> ignore it. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, this is, um, this is a hard one because sometimes you can't avoid the sensitivity of it Yeah. in some scenarios. I Does think it, it's good to be sensitive to it. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's not that we be just harsh you know, or you know, cold about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you could come, I, I would imagine that there's some conversations that you can come perfectly gentle with the best intentions, mm-hmm. with the best words, and it will still be yeah. a hard conversation. Yeah that your spouse still may take it very personally. Yeah. Right. Um, so I would say, do you come, you come cautiously, you come patiently. Um, and I would say the number one thing is make sure your heart's right. Yeah. Is your intention because you're just bothered and you want this thing to change and there they go again. And that like, is that your heart or is your heart that you actually care that they're growing, Mm -hmm. they're changing, they're following through with their own words, right? Because of their integrity, because you love them and you want to see them mature. Yeah. Uh, so, if your heart is a selfish one, like I'm going to go deal with this because I'm offended, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean you're not allowed to have offenses, right? We have to deal with our offenses. Mm-hmm. But if it's a conversation from the past, right? We have a lot of these, <laughs> you know, about specific things in our life. Uh, and it, they're little, some, some things are little, right? And some things are big things. Uh, I would say don't avoid them, but make sure that our hearts are right and make sure that the intention is for actual growth and maturity mm-hmm. in, in your spouse um, and for, or for healing, you know, what, do you have any tips on that? Yeah. I was just going to say that, um, when I go into conversations like this, I, I genuinely desire a good conversation about it. And I think the most important thing that we could do knowing that it's been touchy in the past is pray for each other before we even get to the conversation. So yeah. praying that I have the right heart, bringing it to the table, if I'm the one bringing it, um, and praying that I share in a respectful way with the right words, words that will bring you understanding. But I also pray for your heart that if there is sensitivity or anything like that, that you would be able to respond um, in an understanding way as well. Right. That we're able to come together and have a good conversation about it. Um, and I think that doing it with God at the center mm-hmm. is the most important thing that we could do. Yeah. I would. Uh, the tip for the person being uh, having the topic brought up to... Um, is humbleness, yeah, um, and also being aware of defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, I do this. I get defensive. We just had a conversation, and I was defensive. And you, you called me. You're like, why are you being defensive about this? Mm-hmm. Um, often, defensiveness is it's self preservation. It's selfish, often. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're defending ourselves, then we're not in unity, and we're also not being humble. You're also not being quick to hear. And I'm also not being <laughs> quick to hear. Thank you for reminding me. That. <laughs> um, I don't know if this helps practically, but when we go into conversations like this, um, I'll usually say something to Aaron like, hey, I really want to share something with you, but just so you know, my intention's not to like upset you or point the mm-hmm. finger at you. It's just something that I've realized or recognized recently that I, I want to talk about. Is that okay? Yeah. Making sure that there's a place and a space 
for that conversation. You don't want to just bring right. it up when you're like at the dinner table or walking right here into on the podcast. I actually been wanting to talk, bring no. that to you. <laughs> Not on the podcast. No. Uh, and then I, one last note on this. Um, I think we can get in a pattern sometimes some relationships, uh, are special in this way. Um, but, but I think a lot of us can in some way have this pattern of bringing up everything and not overlooking certain things. And, mm. uh, you know, the, there's this one thing that we actually, it's not that big of a deal, but I, I just have to bring it up every single time. Cause I don't want to have to deal with it ever again. Mm. And so I think truly internally evaluating is the thing I want to bring up. Is it a thing that needs to be brought up or is it something that I can actually just let go? Like the Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. So not that we, overlook sin and pretend sin doesn't exist. But like if I said something one time, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking and I said something and you're like, well, that was rude. And I, and you, but you know, I didn't mean it. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be brought up. Right. Right. In that one scenario. Now, if it's a pattern, like I'm always rude, like that's one thing. But Mm -hmm. if I said something and you, you think like, Oh, he must've not meant that. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, uh, you know, the way they, they are, Mm -hmm. um, with something, sometimes it's just not, it should, it just needs to be let go. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I want to speak to the other side. If your spouse is coming to you with something, um, I was going to say something of importance, but no matter when your spouse comes to you, how would you answer this question? Does your spouse feel like they're walking on eggshells around you? Like, does it feel like Mm -hmm. you're here? There's a layer of eggshell around you and they can't (laughs) come that close to you. Does that make sense? So I think it's important um, for both sides that people listening can evaluate, okay, am I being aware of what I'm bringing up and is it necessary? Mm -hmm. And then how are my responses towards my spouse? Am am I someone who gets defensive? Am am I being selfish? Am Um, I being critical? Am I being critical? Over critiquing my spouse. Yeah. And so I think that it's important to, to just think about, you know, are we setting ourselves up for putting eggshells down to where no one wants to come close Mm -hmm. to us and ask us those hard things? Um, and I think a good remedy for this specifically, because we're not trying to say don't have conversations that need to happen. What we're talking about is evaluation and discernment is the thing that I want to bring up something that should be brought up. So my, my solution to that is when you want to bring something up first, evaluating yourself, if the thing that you're seeing or wanting to talk about in your spouse is something that you deal with, but maybe in a different way, because often we're very keen to sin or issues in other people's lives that we ourselves deal with. You know, someone's, uh, you know, always late to something for you and it bothers you. And then you realize that you're always late for something else, Mm. you know, but you don't, you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, like, is this something that I deal with? And truly ask yourself, because if you care about it in them, you should care about it in yourself because you're Mm -hmm. one. So just a little, little tip. It's good. All right. uh, Question number three is how do you talk to your spouse when they are distracted by their phone? (laughs) Can we just skip this one? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, again. Ah, never this, do this. Okay. <laughs> okay, repeat that for everyone. Just, just how, take a minute. And how do hear. you talk to your spouse when they are distracted by their phone? You we, can't. <laughs> we, we have struggled with this so much, you guys. Before there was phones, there was TV. And have you ever, if you're ever sitting next to me and I'm like looking at a TV, I'm not even watching what's on the TV. I'm just like, everything's shut off <laughs> in my brain, uh, which is why we don't have a TV because I would just sit there and I'd be gone for hours. This is true. But um, what I was going to say is before phones, there was an iPod. And uh, I remember true, when the first yeah. iPod came out and we were dating. And they and only did one thing. I know, one thing. <laughs> and I'm sitting at a restaurant with you, next to you, and you've got the, the wire from the cord in your ear, both ears, and you're scrolling through music on your iPod. 
Now, to my defense, oh, I had just man. got it. You were so excited yeah, about I it. Yeah, I was excited about it. Um, but here's the point. We, we do get distracted, and it's a real thing, and I think it's important to talk about. Yeah, I would say, um, and Jennifer, you've gotten good at this. Aaron, I'm trying to talk to you. Can you put your phone down, please? Because I didn't even know you were talking to me, and you've been talking to me, and I'm like on my phone, uh, which it, we have a whole episode on on phones and boundaries, which is something we're constantly working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but being free to say that, say, hey, can you put your phone away? I, I want to chat with you. Yeah. And you've also gotten good at letting me, voicing to me how it makes you feel like you're talking to me, and I I happen, I'm, in that, I'm on out. my phone, <laughs> like maybe it buzzed or something, and yeah. I'm like on it, or we're talking about something, and it's something that I need to do. And so I go to do it while you're talking to me. Yeah. Oh gosh. You're like, yeah. uh, can you like can you wait till do I'm done? <laughs> after we're done? I know that you're excited to do that, but like, uh, yes, it's mostly on my side. Sorry. Um, I would say, yeah, just get it, get really good at voicing it. Hey, can you put your phone away so we can have a chat? Like, yeah. I know that's distracting. You can go, um, you're going to get on it afterwards, but so we're not distracted. Let's put our phones away or, but be willing to receive it on both sides. Yeah. Cause we we're cell phone generation. I, I was going to say, <laughs> right? I think it's important to have patience with each other because mm-hmm. yes, we are a part of a generation that, um, uses technology on a daily basis. And, um, and I, uh, this is such a hard one because it, it's not just you, Aaron, it happens to both of us. Um, but being aware and allowing your spouse to help you be aware. So not getting mm-hmm. defensive when they say, Something about you being distracted on their, your phone. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, a little side note about cell phones, something fun that we've, we've done in our community for a long time. I don't know if I started it or someone else did. Someone must have started it. But if you see someone on their phone and they're like spending time with you, just lean over and be like, hey, who are you hanging out with? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of mean and sarcastic. It, but but it kinda, it, it, it's, what, what's powerful about it is like, oh, I'm, I'm hanging out with people that are on my phone, not the people that I'm actually hanging out with. Yeah. Um, but that's, that has nothing to do with how do you talk to someone distracted by the phone? <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't, if you're distracted, you just got to ask, Hey, this is an important conversation or I want to, I want to tell you something. Can you put your phone away for just a second so we yeah. can chat? I will say this, Aaron, you have been making it a point this last like year, uh, to leave your phone in the car. Um, especially like on Sundays, on Sundays yeah. so that we are not distracted during fellowship time. Um, you leave it out in the living room at bedtime. So you're not constantly mm-hmm. scrolling on, in the bed. Um, on date nights, you tend to leave it in the car. I've, I'm, what I'm trying to do is just because I know how prone I am to just pick it up when it's near me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find ways of getting it out away from me, mm-hmm. um, which I wish that I could do more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so We've also had some pretty deep encounters with our kids where they recognize that we're on our phones oh, yeah. in front of them. And I think we've shared this on the podcast before, but just realizing how it impacts our relationship with them as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think, I think, I think that's an adequate answer yeah. for now, <laughs> which is what, like, what is the solution here? Tell them, tell them, can you please put it down yeah. so we can chat? Hey, just so you know, it, it hurts my feelings when I'm talking to you and you're mm-hmm. looking at your phone. Yeah. Oh, also I got to mention this. If you're in the middle of a really heavy conversation and there's no resolve yet, but there's been silence for a while, mm, don't yeah. just jump on the phone. That hurts so bad. Just um, remain in the situation. Remain in the situation. Remain in the silence until it gets figured out. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't get figured out, communicate that with each other. Say, hey, we're just going to put this on pause until we can figure it out and then move on. But don't do it without that communication. That's a very good point. Yeah. Okay, number four. As a wife, how do you teach yourself to respond, ask, speak respectfully to your husband? So I guess I have to answer, answer that. It. Well, it's not for me. <laughs> so. Okay, so first you have to know what respect is, right? Um, I remember 
back when we were first going to a marriage ministry, um, probably like in the third, fourth year of our marriage, and there was a group of young wives that I was friends with, and we were hanging out one night, and I remember asking them, how would you define respect? Because I, like, I don't remember really growing up understanding. I kind of knew what respect was, and I could get by with a you know, makeshift definition, but I didn't actually know what it looked like in marriage, um, and they didn't either. It was like, they looked at me like, why would you even ask that question? Why are you even bring that word up in our yeah. midst? Um, and I'm just sharing that because I, I do think it's important to know what respect is. So Google says respect is a feeling of deep admiration for someone. So if you want to teach yourself to respond respectfully, you should know why you respect your spouse, right? Right. You should know why you deeply admire them, hmm. right? Because that, that's what's going to uh, fuel you or propel you to respond that way do you think a wife can respond respectfully to a husband who is not respectable that's a really hard question and i don't want to just i don't feel comfortable answering it for every single person because i don't know every single situation but i would say this as an encouragement that there are some things that Mm -hmm. you can find to admire about a person well and the the thought i had and i was thinking about not a not a spouse like how should we respond to a stranger that we know nothing about with honor, with mm-hmm. respect, with kindness, right? Uh, so I, my, my point was, I think, that in pretty much most situations, like on the individual level of a person who loves the Lord, we can find, even if it's not for the husband's sake or the mm-hmm. spouse's sake, out of my respect and, and love for the Lord, oh, I'm good. going to speak to this person the way Christ speaks to me. That's a better answer than to. I gave. So, <laughs> that's good. I, I think you're being careful. I, yeah. don't, I don't think your answer was bad. I'm just, that's what I was thinking about is um, regardless if they find something respectable True. to speak, because a lot of people might struggle with that. Like, yeah. I don't respect my husband, therefore right. I'm going to talk. I'm not going to, and then that becomes a justification. Yeah. And, and on b- both sides, I don't respect my wife because of this, this, and this, therefore I'm going to, rather than right. treating them the way Christ wants you to treat them. That's good. Well, I think that we can, um, just as you're talking about, we can be respectful and it's not contingent on other people. We can, we can be respectful in our Mm -hmm. communication towards, um, others, towards our spouse. And, um, like you said, out of that love and admiration for the Lord, I love that. Um, and that it, that will influence our relationship. Like my admiration for you has grown over the years. Totally. And vice versa. And I would say also like that doesn't, none of this, subtracts from the kinds of things we get to say. Like mm-hmm. if there's like, if you need to tell someone, which you've told me before about my um, you know, sin in my life, mm-hmm. what it was doing to God, what the reality of it was, but yeah. you said it so respectfully, so yeah. honoringly. And the Bible says to speak the truth in love. love. Yeah, It doesn't say don't speak the truth because you want them to not feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like you can still say really difficult things to someone in a loving, respectful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that's just a, a thought. Just I to clarify too, the question was, how do you teach yourself to respond and ask and speak respectfully? Oh, yeah. I would say the one word that comes to my mind is practice. That's probably should, what I should have just <laughs> started with. But practice, um, yeah. as you practice this and as you walk in it, it will become more natural for you to respond respectfully. That's good. And remember who you're doing it for. Yeah. It's not necessarily your spouse, it's for God. Yeah. Because you love the Lord. Yeah, that's good. And it goes for the husbands too. Yeah. I mean, the answer is the same. same, Yeah. Okay. So number five says, what do you do when one spouse gets tired of talking and stops listening uh, and refuses to respond or to keep the conversation going? Uh, This is like that situation, like we're having, it's a difficult conversation. Maybe it's a frustrating conversation. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's like a, just another one of those conversations that we've had 20 times. Yeah. 
Well, first of all, like you can't control your spouse. Mm-hmm. Just, I think the quick answer is like, you can't control them. You, you can't can, force them to give you an answer or to You can love, yeah, lovingly say, Hey, it's, it's really hurting me that you're refusing to, to finish this. Is there, is there a better way we can finish it later maybe? Mm-hmm. Or can we get, finish it now? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say also being, res- being understanding in the situation of like how the conversation's going. Often these kinds of conversations are the ones that are like both spouses are at each other. Both spouses yeah. are annoyed. Both spouses are selfish. Both probably need to submit in hum- humility. Yeah. Both, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say just, uh, sometimes maybe it, you just need to step back and pray for your spouse and say, Hey, I, you, I, I get that you probably aren't interested right now, but we need to have this conversation. Can we do it another time? Mm-hmm. Or, I know some things that I like to do with you is, um, Hey, I get that we're not, um, in agreement on this. Can we just pray about it and kind of close with prayer and ask God to reveal things to you over the course of however many days or, mm-hmm. you know, until you talk about it again. Yeah. Um, and I would also say for the one who's wanting to continue in the conversation, like, so one's checking out and the one's like, hey, we're, we're not done. Um, maybe ask yourself, are you elongating because you haven't gotten retribution yet? Or are you, are you wanting this to keep going because you haven't convinced them yet of your side? Are you wanting to, like, discern and, and spiritually evaluate if you're wanting the right thing? Mm-hmm. Are you wanting reconciliation or are you wanting to be right? Mm-hmm. Are you wanting unity or are you waiting for them to yield? And this goes for the husband or the wife. Um, and so ask yourself, like, are they checking out because they're not getting to where I want them to be? Mm-hmm. And that's why I keep going rather than, Hey, what are we going to find a solution, a, u- a unifying yeah. solution? Are we going to find reconciliation? Are we going to find a place that, you know, we're in, back in the right relationship with each other rather than I'm getting my way and they've come to my side. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I know I keep going back to prayer, but if your spouse is, you know, get, getting tired of the conversation and, and refusing to continue it, yeah. pray for their heart. Pray that the Lord would minister to them and transform them and bring resolve through them because ultimately it's the Holy Spirit, right? That does it. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, okay. Moving on to number six. How do you overcome the fear of vulnerability? That's a mm. really big question. But it can be simplified. I think it has to be. Um, <laughs> we just, well, first of all, people are so, uh, most people are afraid w- of being vulnerable. I would say anyone. everybody is. Yeah. A vulnerability isn't something that's like, yeah, let's be vulnerable. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's spiritual nakedness. It's mm-hmm. like, sh- it's showing what's on the inside. And often we don't like what's on the inside. No. And so I would say what you said earlier, practice. Uh, yeah. But really like asking the spirit of God, say, God, transform me in this because um it was other people's vulnerability with us that freed us to be more vulnerable. It like gave us the courage. So yeah, if you're struggling with this, just pray and say, Lord, first of all, regardless if you never reveal anything about yourself, we all know who we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are wretched. We are sinners who need a savior, who need his righteousness, who need his, his power to transform us. And so just recognizing that and say, okay, Lord, humble me and help me be open so that you can, A, change me, the things that I'm afraid of, the things mm-hmm. that I don't like, the ickiness, the grossness inside me, but also use that vulnerableness, use that transparency to free others, to heal others. Yeah. Not because of me, but because of you, Lord. I don't know. I think a big That's thing that idea. I learned through being vulnerable in marriage is um, having this resolve to understand that love requires risk in making yourself known. Oh, so yeah. what I mean by that is in order for me to know that my husband loves me, like actual me, not someone who's pretending 
mm-hmm. over here is not you, what you show me. You have to know me, so I yeah. have to reveal it to you, and that requires risk because that means I'm going to share something with you, and then you get to respond. So there's risk involved, and that's what makes it hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say, like you said, practice is really good. And then I was just going to plug the unveiled wife here because if you want to get to know someone who wasn't vulnerable and then was extremely vulnerable, not just with you, Aaron, but with the whole world by writing yeah. a book about it. It was the a big un- deal for us. The unveiled wife is my journey of learning vulnerability in marriage yeah. and with God. That was good. So question number seven, we have been married over a decade and feel like we lost things to talk about. Oh, okay. So I would, say, to talk about. <laughs> I would say start learning again. So yeah. Aaron has this really great quality about him where when he gets excited about something, he just starts learning about it. Like, I don't know. I My research. He, you, yeah, yeah, you have this research brain where you're just, you get hooked on something. Even with the kids, like when it comes to Legos, it's like, oh, Elliot, I figured out this new thing. He, you've been learning the Rubik's Cube, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you've been researching and watching YouTube videos and you've been sharing it with me. So you'll sit down on the couch with me and be like, look at this, um, what do you call it? A, a uh, Algorithm. Algorithm. And you do this <laughs> twist thing and I'm like, not following but i'm just smiling because i'm like my husband loves to share this with me and then you see it working you're like how'd you do that yeah it's pretty awesome so start learning something again that you can share with them it could be anything yeah and then talk about it with them and to be honest if you've lost things to talk about i i don't know this person i don't know their life but if you guys are in a place if you're in a place that you have nothing to talk about that's not first that's not true there's never nothing to talk about. There's never nothing to explore with each other and to walk with in each other. There's, at minimum, there's tons of challenges in life to have to navigate. Yeah. So you're saying they're choosing not to share. Things. Yeah, I would say, like, I don't think it's possible to not to to have nothing to talk about. Especially if you have children. If you oh, have children, geez. you have a lot to talk about. Well, and the, and then the other thing is, is if we're pursuing God together, if we're looking to what He's doing, He's going to reveal to you sin in your life. He's going to give you, um, jobs to do like this idea of like, he's got work for us to do good works that he's prepared for us since the foundations of the world. Like those things that are remarkable, Mm -hmm. meaning they're, they're, they're able to be remarked about. Mm -hmm. There's something to be talked about. And so I I think that if there's nothing to talk about, there's potentially maybe our, the minds, your minds are on heavenly things. Yeah. Maybe your minds are on earthly things and worry and like things that you're not looking up. Or maybe um, there's sin in your guys' life that you've been avoiding confronting because mm-hmm. sin keeps us in darkness. Yeah. Uh, so I would just challenge you. Like if you think there's nothing to talk about, I would start praying and say, Lord, what's in my life? What's in our life yeah. that is keeping us from each other, keeping us silent, yeah. keeping us in the darkness, keeping us from moving forward and being excited about life. Like yeah. guys, if you're believers, we have the greatest hope. Everyone in the world, the greatest hope is for the believer. That's remarkable. That's yeah. something to talk about forever. We're going to do it in heaven. We're mm-hmm. going to be worshiping the Lord forever mm-hmm. in heaven. So if we've lost that excitement now, we got to ask ourselves, like, why? What's taken it away? Yeah. Where, where have we misplaced that? <laughs> now, simply, if you're just kind of bored and you've kind of forgotten how to communicate with each other and ask each other good questions, I have to let you know that we have a freebie for you called Date Night Conversation Starters. And you can take these out on your next date or just hanging out in the house and use one of those to prompt a question and get started talking. Start asking questions (laughs) to each other. It's called date. You can go to datenightconversations.com. Was that prompted? Was that planned? Um, (laughs) I just thought about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's a, I mean, it's a, these are some good things to think about, you know? 
Okay, we're going to get through these next ones um, fairly quickly, just for time's sake. But how do you get an introvert to communicate? Here, let me change it. Aaron, how did you get me to communicate <laughs> in marriage? Because I'm asking an introvert. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, never give up. Uh, do it gently with love. Uh, the goal is not to ever change someone. The goal is to engage, and the goal is to encourage, and to exhort, and mm-hmm. to lift up, and to love, and to and to um, strengthen. And I mean, remember, you're one, and God's given you uni- unique characteristics for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're not things to be like bothered by or hated. They might be things that need to be grown in. Mm-hmm. Like just because you know, quote unquote, I'm an introvert, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that quote unquote you need to say an introvert. Don't label like, you yourself can grow. that way. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you, you never know like what you can grow, uh, what God wants to grow you into, mm-hmm. and transform you into. You know, so don't just say, "Well, this is what I am, and therefore that's what I'm at." What mm-hmm. I am. I'll say this over the years, Aaron. Your affirmation and encouragement has really gone a long way. In that, you ask me a question, and maybe I'll answer it very quickly or short, or maybe not at all. And you say, "Just so you know, like I want to hear from you." Like mm-hmm. that kind of affirmation, hearing that over and over again reminds my heart, my mind, like, oh, he really does just want to know. Yeah. So. And then one last little thing I would say, um, uh, recognizing and um, cultivating the differences in your spouse will make them feel loved and more makes your spouse more able to communicate in those times that they can't. Like, so if they're introverted, right, recognize that in your spouse and saying, hey, you know, why don't you get some time alone? When you go be with the Lord, you know, I'll, I'll take care of the family. I'll take care of the kids or I'll, you know, whatever. And, th- and that lets them know that you, you appreciate them and their differences, their uniqueness. Mm-hmm. And that you're okay. And you, you're excited about it. And you're like, Hey, what, how can you use that in a good way? So that in those times that it's necessary to not, you're, you're not allowed to just retreat into your, your title, you know, into your, your whatever. Yeah. They, they know that you love them and that you're saying, Hey, I know this is hard for you, but we do need to deal with this. Yeah. That's really good. Okay, so the next one says, how do you stay in touch with your spouse when your husband works two jobs and you're a stay-at-home mom? I'm just going to answer this one really quickly for what comes to my mind is get creative. Um, Text them, send love letters, uh, make a journal where you guys can Mm -hmm. pass it back and forth. Putting things on the schedule and protecting that time, even if you're super tired or there's other circumstances Mm -hmm. going on, um, I would say that those are some practical ways that I would answer that. And yeah. I'm sorry, like that's such a hard question to try and answer, mm-hmm. but the communication is still a priority. I, I would say if we, if it's a priority, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, and we have a, a, a brother in our church that leaves real early in the morning, comes back real late and he just, he works a, a long job and he records videos of him reading the Bible and asking questions and sends them to his kids. Oh, so, so even cool. though he can't be home, when he has the break, when he has the time, he makes sure to every day send them something to lead them and disciple them. So fathers who have these jobs, if you're listening to this and maybe you're on the road right now, you don't use your absence as an excuse to not disciple Mm -hmm. and lead your children and family. Mm -hmm. There's ways to do it, especially in this day and age, man, we have like technology. You can FaceTime every day. You can, I mean, there's ways to do it. So I just want to encourage you that get creative. Like my wife said, Find ways of, of connecting with your spouse and your children regularly to show them that you're there. Because even though you can't physically be there, you can spiritually. Cool. Okay, we got two questions left. Um, the next one is, how do you handle conflict when you are very irritated, which happens to all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Like no one's immune to irritability or irritation. Um, but the verse that I thought of was Psalm 4, 4. It says, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that's a good point is 
it, when you're frustrated, make sure that again, you're coming with the right heart. So mm-hmm. you've dealt with your frustrations mm-hmm. with the Lord first. doesn't mean you don't say something about it and it's you don't address it. Being slow to speak. Yeah. Um, and then also maybe wait, wait for a, 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 when you've cooled down. Yeah. That's always a good posture to take. All right. So the last question we got for you guys is, uh, what are important questions you need to ask your spouse every week? Okay. So we don't ask each other the same questions every week, but, um, we do have a standard of questions that we lean on when we want to know each other more, Aaron. And it's stuff like, Hey, how's your heart? Yeah. Or, Hey, what are you thinking about? Or, Hey, what's God been teaching you? You know, what are you, what are you going to be working on today? Or what do you need help with? Or what are you reading in the Bible? These are interesting questions that help if the other person's maybe hasn't been, they say, Oh, well, nothing. I'm going to, I'm going to get into the word. Right. So they're encouraging. And if they are, you get, you can start a conversation with them about what they're learning for the purpose of growth. Um, and we have some friends, really good friends, Jeremy and Andre Roloff. They actually have a resource called the marriage journal and it's an awesome resource. They actually have, it's a, it's a weekly checkup for your marriage. They're actually specific questions that you ask every week. <laughs> yeah. And, and they, and they draw you closer to your spouse. They help you get to know each other. It also helps you keep, stay on track with each other. So if you're asking this question. If you're out there thinking like, yeah, that, what is it? You know, how could, what should we be asking ourselves? Mm-hmm. It's called the marriage journal by Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. Uh, you should go check that out. It's an awesome resource. We mm-hmm. totally support them. We totally love them. Um, and it could totally help you in growing in your marriage. So we love you all. And uh, we thank you for joining us on this last episode of the season. If you haven't checked out the other episodes from this season, please go do that while we're on this little break. Um, and also check out last episode because we have a giveaway going right now. Um, and it, it goes only, only until April 10th. So go check out our last episode and find out how that giveaway is going to work. Um, but as usual, we pray before we uh, sign out. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of marriage. We pray we would be husbands and wives who are willing to communicate with each other in a respectful way. We pray we would have the courage to say the hard things in love. We pray we would be good listeners and truly hear what our spouse is sharing with us. We pray we would share our heart with one another, always. We pray that your Holy Spirit would infuse our speech and open our ears so that we can hear. Help our minds to understand each other and to extend grace to each other. We pray the posture of our hearts would be humble. We pray we would strive to make marriage a safe place to communicate and not a scary one. Help us to work through our marriage issues and the things that we are experiencing to gain knowledge of each other and of you. Help us to grow in how we walk and may it be in a worthy manner as we navigate life together. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love you all and uh, we'll see you next season. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. 
Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.